Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. So we thank you, God, for life and life more abundantly. We thank you for everlasting life. We thank you for eternal life, a life that never ends either at either after death God we thank you we praise you on for that this morning God we thank you for this fellowship we thank you God for allowing us to come together once again we thank you for the Holy Spirit we thank you that he's our comforter he's our helper he's our teacher he's our standby he's our God on the inside and God I thank you today as I open my mouth you have already filled it I thank you for giving me the tongue of the learned that I may speak a word in season to those who are weary on this morning God I just thank you God I cannot thank you enough for everything you do and everything that you have done thank you for breath in our body thank you for clothes on our our back shoes on our feet food God shelter God we just thank you God we're so grateful for everything that you have done so father I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us and for that God you shall be glorified in Jesus name amen 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 God is good. He is so good. He is so merciful. And when you think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done, I don't know about you, but I know what he done for me. And when you think about what he done for you, you should have a high hallelujah coming out of you. Because it was him who did it. You could not do it yourself. Without him, we are nothing. He is divine. We are the branches. And we get everything from him. Sometimes we can be so self-centered. We can be so selfish. Because we think it's what we have done. If he didn't wake you up, you can do nothing. That's enough to give him glory. That's enough to give him praise because you're saying, God, you have given me another opportunity to live for you on today because it's not about me, God. So when we think about what he's done, but I'm reminded some of us can't think about what he's done because we really don't know. We really don't know what he's done because our mind is so set on what we're going through. But he went through y'all so we don't have to go through. Things are going to pop up in our lives financially, spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. But when we think about 
what he done. It put some joy in our heart. It put some hallelujahs coming out of our mouth. We can begin to say, God, I know I'm going through in my body, but you said by Jesus stripes, I was already healed. So the body got to line up with what you said. God, I'm going through with my finances, but God, you said that you are my shepherd. I shall not lack. You said you shall supply all of my needs. So I'm going to give you glory for what I already have. We need to quit looking for something that we already got. Ask your neighbor, say, what are you looking for? Say, you can stop looking. Say, it's already been supplied. Say, you already got it. Come on, you need to give him glory for what you already have. Quit looking. It's in you. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that means I already got it. I'm already blessed. He's doing it exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can even ask to think. But it's according to the power that works within me. So what are we waiting on? God is already here. You don't have to look up. Look here. He's in you. Some people look up to heaven. God say, look here. I'm right here. I'm in you. He said, let me out. Let me out. Let me do something in your life. Let me heal you. Let me deliver you. Let me set you free. Let me give you everything that's already in you. It make us feel good when we say, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Let's continue our teaching from last Sunday. We're going to add to the teaching. Amen. Amen. Go back with me. If you would. Oh, God is so good. Genesis 2-7. When you get to Genesis 2-7, we're going to go to Genesis 6-5. And we're going to move on. Genesis 2-7. When you get there, let us say amen. Amen means it is so. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed, I'm doing um, this one first, into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So we know that God created us. He made us. He put his life in us. We became what? A living soul. Without the spirit and the breath of God, we would not be spiritually alive. Amen? Genesis 6, 5, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You may be seated. We're talking about the heart and we're going to go a little further dealing with the heart. So God created us with life, the life that comes from God. We were, we are spiritual beings, but we know what happened in the garden. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. So that means sin came into the world. Because of one man, sin entered the world. And sin brought death to all of us. So it had to be taken care of. We know that Jesus did take care of that by dying on the cross. But before the... Before the fall, we had um, life within us. We had the spirit of God, life of God. There was no death. 
there was life. There was no sickness. We had everything that we needed. But when sin came, it brought death. By sin bringing death, the Spirit of God left man. Because he said, if you eat from that tree of knowledge and good and evil, he said, you will die. Meaning that you will die, what? Spiritually. Which they did die spiritually. So that means the spirit that was in them was dead. The heart that was in them was dead. There was no life to that heart. It was just dead. So God had to deal with that. And being that sin entered the heart, this is why it said the wickedness of man was great was great in the earth and every intent, every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Can you imagine? And I believe some of us can because we were there. Everything we thought about was wicked. It was evil. Our thoughts before us was continually evil and wicked. This is what they were going through. And then God said in Genesis 8, 5, um, 6, 5, well, 8, 21, Dealing with um, Noah, he said he would not curse the earth no more because he knew that the imaginations of man's heart was evil from his youth. This is why David said, create in me a clean heart, God. Renew the right spirit within me. David said that because he knew that the moment that he was born, he was conceived in sin. So the moment that you're born, that you have not accepted Jesus, you were conceived in sin. Sin was ruling your life. You had a sin nature. So everything you thought about was wicked. It was wicked. So God had to do something about that. Now we went through a scripture that Jeremiah 17, and I'm going to go quickly because I want to add some more. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and 10. More than anything else, above all things, a person's mind is evil. The heart is deceitful. The heart is devious and crooked. And it says, and cannot be healed. It's desperately wicked, perverse, sick. Who can understand it? Who can know it? So God was saying, before we were born again, our heart was incurable. It was sick. It was deceitful. It was desperately wicked. Now, when we look at the world today, people that are not born again, people that have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior, you can see why things are happening upon the earth. You can see why there are uh, massive killings. You can see why people are just going into places, opening fire. Because their heart is desperately wicked. It is sick. Who can cure it? Who can know it? You can go all over the place and try to get help because of how you're feeling. The doctors cannot cure you. The only one that can do it is God. God is the only one that can change your heart towards him. So you can have the love that God has. So you can have the goodness. So you can have the kindness. So you can have the nature of God. See, so many people are going to different places and trying to get man to fix them. The Bible is telling you man cannot fix you. The heart is sick. It is incurable. It is desperately wicked. The Bible said, who can know it? Next verse says, but I, the Lord, look into a person's heart and test the mind. So I can decide what each one deserves to give each according to his way and path. I can give each one the right payment for what he does. God is the only one that can cure a desperate, a wicked heart, 
a deceitful heart. He's the only one that can do it. I want to say this again. No man, no psychiatrist can cure your heart. You can talk to them 24-7. You can sleep with them. You can eat with them. You can do whatever you want to do with them. They cannot cure you. The only one can do it is God. The only thing they can do is give you something to calm you down. And they got to keep giving it to you to calm you down. And, but while you getting calmed down, I advise you to get to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you got to take it, take it. But get the word of God in you where you don't need no help but from him. He's the only one that can cure you. Some people are mad right now. Some people are mad and say, don't say that. People are going to quit doing, I'm not telling you to quit your medication. I'm telling you while you're taking that medication, you need to be taking what can cure you and heal you, which is the word of God. This is what gives you life. This is what we're leaving out. Why do you think the devil want to take life out of the schools? Why do you think he want to take it out of the nation? Because he knows this is the only way people can be cured. He's about death. He's not not about life. He's all about death. So guess what he's going to do? He's going to keep making people think this is what you need to do. He wants you to live according to the world. According to what man is saying to you. Come on, haven't we got it? They couldn't cure COVID. They tried to come up with everything to fix it, to make it right. Then there were things that was happening with what they tried to fix. And some people got to live with it. Come on, somebody. It sounds good in the beginning. Give me something to keep me. It can't keep you like God can. Those things wear off. But the word, the Bible says the word is forever settled in heaven. He said, my word don't come back to me void, but it's going to go out. And it's going to accomplish that which I please. And it's going to prosper in the thing that I have sent it to do. So the only thing going to keep us is the word of God. Everything else is just for a temporary. But the word of God is eternal. There's no end to the word of God. He said heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word is going to remain forever. That's a promise. So no matter what you do, no matter what somebody tells you to do, that won't last. Not unless they're giving you life from the word. This is why he's saying, my son, pay attention to my word. He said, I want you to incline your ear unto my sayings. He said, let them not depart from your eyes. He said, keep them in the midst of your heart. He said, because they are life unto all those that find them. And they are medicine unto all flesh. Come on, that's the word. That's in Proverbs chapter 4, beginning at verse 20. He's telling us this is what's going to keep you. Come on, why aren't we grabbing hold to what God is saying? It's because of the conditions of our heart. 
save folk. It's not even grabbing hold to what the word is saying no more. The ones that's supposed to be saved. The ones that's supposed to have accepted him as their Lord and as their Savior. They are drifting away. Their hearts are becoming cold. The love of God is becoming cold. It's waxing cold. Why is this? Because of iniquity has abound. Come on, you better go on your word. So we're going to talk about the conditions of the heart. God, throughout the Old Testament, he sent prophets to give the word to his people to show them how to have this life. To show them how to live in a land that was so corrupt. God had to give them instructions during the famine. Anything that popped up in the land, God gave them what they need to survive, to live right in the midst of famine. To live in the midst of disease, to live in the midst of whatever was going on. God had given them what they need. What did he give them? My word. If you do it my way, you're going to live. God sent them into the land, but he didn't send them into that land to die. He sent them into that land to let the people know that was living on that land that I am higher than that. I'm L.L. Young. He was letting them know that his people were different from the other nations. How did he let them know? Come on, Egypt proved that. When things was going on in Egypt, it wasn't going on in Goshen. God brought them out of Egypt. But the problem was, Egypt did not come out of them. Some of us have accepted Jesus. We have come out of the world. But the world haven't come out of us. And the reason being is because... We're not making our bodies a living sacrifice. We're not making our bodies holy and acceptable unto God. He said this is our reasonable service. This is our act of worship according to Romans 12.1. But then he goes on in 12.2. He tells you how to do it. Be not conformed. Be not shaped into the mold of the world. He said don't do that. Don't do what the world is doing. But be ye transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know what the good and the acceptable, you'll be able to prove what the good and acceptable will of God is for your life. You will not be able to do it without the word. Some of us are getting born again, but we're doing it without the word. You can't do anything without the word. The word is your lifeline. The Holy Spirit cannot even help you without the word. He only testifies to the truth. So if you don't know truth, you can't be sanctified unless you know it. Jesus said, sanctify them by truth. They're set apart. How can we be set apart from the world if we don't know truth? Just because you save, you got to live a set apart life. And the only way you can live that set apart life is to be in the word of God. You should not walk in a place and people are partying and they're drinking and you're just in the midst and it don't bother you and you're supposed to be born again. That's because your heart ain't right before God. If your heart is right before God, you hate what God hates and you love what he loves and you're not going to be in the midst of mess. That's not who you are no more. That's not your makeup. You got to know you have been created in the image of God. 
And you love him more than you love anything or anybody. And the reason why you love him, because you know he first loved you. When you experience the love of God, that love that you experience is shed abroad in your heart through the Holy Ghost. We have no excuse. Everything that we need to live a life here on this earth, God has given it to us. He knew we could not even live here on this earth without being fully equipped by him. And it takes the word of God. You cannot live apart from the word of God. The word will keep you if you want to be kept. And I don't know about y'all. I want to be kept. Because man can't keep me. Man can't do it. My husband can't even do it for me. I love my husband. But my husband can't keep my mind. Because no matter how much he buy me. No matter how much he do for me. It's still something missing within me that I know I need more than what he's given me. And it is Jesus. When you find Jesus, you will let go of everything in your life. You will love him so much and his word that the world will hate you to the point they don't know you no more. Even family will forget about you. Your parents will forget about you. Because if you're living a life before Christ, they don't want to be a part of what you live in. They think you're too holy. They think you know too much. But I'm not changing because of man. Parents, sisters, brothers, cousins, aunts, uncles, friends, co-workers, they will drop you off. Because when your life truly changed, you ain't hanging with them no more. Either you're going to draw them, like my daddy say, or you're going to drive them. Which one are you doing? If you're drawing them more to you and you in Christ, you're drawing them to him. Oh, we quiet up in here. But see, this got to go forth hard. The reason why it got to go forth hard is because there's too many people dying. And we're around the ones that's dying, but we, some of us, don't take the time to tell them about this new life we have in Christ. We don't take the time to tell them what he's done for us. Come on, if we're going to live for Christ, let's live for Christ. If we're going to be who we say we are, our life should add up with who we say we are. There should be a change. And the problem is the heart. So when we look at the heart, God was telling Jeremiah to talk to the people. And in Jeremiah 16, 12, he said, but you have done even more evil, harm than your ancestors, fathers. You are very stubborn and do only what you want to do going after your stubborn heart. You have not obeyed listening to me. This is what's happening now. Not only in the world is happening amongst the churches. People are going after their stubborn heart. This is how a stubborn person do. The more you tell them truth, the more stubborn they get. This is why Moses, the more he gave them them ten commandments, those commandments, they got even more stubborn. Moses said, you stiff neck. You stubborn people. Moses went through with those people, but it didn't stop Moses from interceding. And it shouldn't stop us. 
Just because people are stubborn. Just because people don't want to listen. That's when we should intercede the more for those people until God tell us to take our hands off of them. Sometimes you got to take your hands off of them and let the devil go after them so they can come back to God and know he's the one and true and living God. Come on, it's the word. Sometimes you have to let people go. You can't hold on to them because some people don't want to be held on to. You got to let them fall. They got to fall in order to rise up. And if we don't let them go, they're thinking that they're okay. They're thinking that they can keep doing what they're doing. There's a time in everybody's life that they have to go through something to know that there is a risen Savior. So we look at, we're going to deal with today, the conditions of the heart. All of us in this room, we have some conditions that we're dealing with when it comes to the heart. We know physically if your heart is not acting right, you're going to know because your body ain't feeling the same, right? And then when you go get a checkup, they may say you have clogged arteries. You, you know, you, this has to be done and they have to unclog them. But you know something is not right. Spiritually, if you're born again and you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know in order to do that, you have to hear the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom. Now, that's the only way you can accept him is by hearing the good news, the gospel concerning the kingdom of God. And the way to get into that kingdom is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except by me. That's John, the 14th chapter. Nobody can come to God except through Jesus Christ. Why? Because none of us could save ourselves. Why? Because we were full of sin. The Bible said he who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God through him, by him. There's no other way that we can get to the Father except through Jesus Christ because Jesus was sinless so he paid the price. This is why he died, he was buried, and he rose again. So by us accepting him, we're in him. We're in Christ. This is why it said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, the only way you can be a new creation is being in Christ. And that's when all things that sin for nature have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new in your spirit. Your soul didn't get saved. You are a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the real you. That's the born again you. The soul is the part that you got to renew every day to connect with the spirit so it'll flow to your body so people will see that you are a new creation. So if you're not renewing your mind according to the word of God, the spirit in you, which is the real you, is laying dormant full of power. But in order to activate that power, it comes through the word of God. So we have to understand once you get born again, you born again because of Jesus. It's nothing that you have done. He demonstrated his love for us. And yet while we were sinners, he proved his love. How did he prove it? He laid down his life. 
How can a man who done nothing lay down a life for us? Because the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So because of him, I live, move, and have my being. It's no good that I have done. Going to church, paying your tithes, going to visit people, doing all that, that's not going to get you to heaven. It's good in its own way, but accepting Jesus is what gets you to heaven. So we see that we had to come through Jesus. And as we come through Jesus and we're born again, we have a new spirit. We have a new heart. God has taken the stony heart, which is a dead heart, and he has put a heart of flesh. He has given us a heart that's full of him. But being that we don't renew our minds the way that we need to, and I want y'all to understand when we got saved, the spirit was what was new, but we bought some habits with us. We bought some things with us that we have grew up with. We bought some sayings with us that we believe through family members or through friends or whatever. We come to believe what they were doing, what they were saying. But as you grow up in the word, as you mature in the word, you find out that ain't Bible. That ain't what the word of God is saying. So we just grab hold because we trust people. We trust what they're saying, but you got to search the scriptures for yourself. You got to see what God is saying to you for yourself. You need revelation knowledge for yourself. You can't live off of family all the time. You got to get it for yourself because when you stand before the father, your family ain't going to be standing with you. Your husband, your wife, your children, the ones that you looked up to, they ain't going to be standing there with you when you give an account for every idle word that you have spoken. Non-operative word. You got to give an account. You can't say because this one did it, that's why I did it. He said, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. You got to give an account for what you did because you had a choice. So whatever you holding on to in this room today, whether it's a husband, whether it's a wife, whether it's a mother, a father, a sister, a brother, aunt, uncle's cousin, whoever you holding on to trying to make it in, let them go today. You got to live your life according to this word. Once we get to the age of accountability, children, y'all, this is so important, so important and we miss it. When we're carrying a baby in the womb, we're giving that baby what we are subject to. That baby is feeding off of us. That baby is hearing everything that we're doing. When that baby come out into the world, that baby already knows some nasty. Baby already knows some nasty. Because it starts in the womb. If you acted or was in rejection, that baby coming out, we already talked about this, coming out rejected. If you have bitterness in you, you're giving it to the baby. You have unforgiveness in you, you're giving it to the baby. And we wonder why babies come out working electronics. If that's all you do is play games. If your baby coming out rapping, and that's all you did was rap during your pregnancy. If a baby come out rejected, fearful, that's what you did. 
but we don't take these things seriously. Some people are saying, well, I thank God I ain't got no children. But you're the example. You're the example for other children. The way they should live. Just because you don't have none, that don't make you less accountable. Because you have nieces, you have nephews, and they need somebody to look up to when the father and mother's cutting the food. They need a house that they can go into to know what love is. To know how to live and how to share. Oh, come on, somebody. God always have a place set up for somebody. When the family, when the family home is so corrupt, God have a place set up for his children. He don't leave them by themselves. He always have a plan and a purpose. When a parent is going through and they can't get through, God always have somebody that he send their way to help them to get through what they're going through. To say you're not by yourself. Didn't I say I never leave you nor shall I forsake you. God always have something set up. But when we look at the heart. Now we have God's heart if we're born again. I got to go back here because the Holy Spirit is taking me back here. We know that favorite scripture that people use to get people saved. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that Jesus died and he rose again, then you shall be saved. But the problem is people can confess, but they're confessing with the wrong heart because they really ain't heard the good news. They really ain't heard the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. So they're confessing what you tell them to confess, but they don't know nothing about Jesus. They don't know why he died, don't know why he was buried, and sure don't know why he was rose again. We just tell them to do that, and then we say, oh, praise Jesus. Somebody got saved today. Oh, they did. So do they know that Jesus was God that come in the flesh? Nope. Did they know that Jesus died for their sins because they couldn't save their self? Did they know without the shedding of blood there is no remission of sin? Did they know how much wickedness? Did they know all of these things? Did they know that God loved us so much that he had to lay down his life for us? Did they know? No, didn't know all that. I just told them to confess and they confess. Some people confess because they want you to leave them alone. So confession comes from the heart. When a person truly confess with their mouth is what they believe in their mouth, what they believe in their heart. Your heart, once you believe in your heart, whatever you believe in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. The Bible said for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. Y'all don't understand why the devil's after your heart. Because if he can plant seed. Down in your heart, he know that when you speak it out of your mouth, that's creative power. He know you can speak life or you can speak death. The Bible says that blessing and curses should not be in the same mouth. You should not have a, uh, what is the Bible in James um, 3? It's like the fountain, bitter water, and fresh water should not come from the same fountain. That means when I get born again, I shouldn't have blessings in my mouth and cursings in the same mouth. That's 
division. That means I'm divided. Got one foot over here in the kingdom of darkness and one foot over here in the kingdom of light. That shouldn't be. Now, if my mouth is full of cursing or cussing, when I go renew my mind, I'm recognizing, let no, what? Corrupt communication. So when people see me again, they're saying, she ain't bleep, 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 because change have come. There's a transformation that has, that's how you know somebody is truly born again. They don't want to live like that no more. They know that they can't let these things come out of their mouth. So they're working on it through the word of God. You ain't going to keep, well, I'm saved. Grace saved me. Don't keep pulling a grace card. Just admit it and quit it. I'm working on it. God still loved me. And you're crying out for help. That's how God know the heart. That's how God, he searches the hearts. He know what's in the heart of a man. And just because somebody's cussing all the time, that don't mean that they're not born again, y'all. That just means that it grew up in them for years. And now it's hard for them to stop. But through the help of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will help them to get to that place they need to get to. Just like somebody who drink or somebody that smoke and they just got born again. That don't mean they're not born again. That mean that they got some things in their flesh that need to be dealt with. And that's why you have to go in the word of God and deal with it so it won't deal with you. So let's go into the conditions of the heart. Go with me to Matthew 13. 18 through 23. And we have heard this so many times. But the Lord is bringing it back. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, now listen at this, the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is one condition of the heart. Remember, they heard the word, but they didn't understand it. This is why when I go back to the book of Nehemiah, the 8th chapter, we talked about it when Ezra, the people wanted Ezra to bring the book of law. Come on. I don't know about y'all. I get excited when the word is coming forth. I get so excited. I'm like, oh, come on. Bring that word. Bring that word. Because you know that word is what brings life. So they bought the book of the law for, for Ezra, the scribe, to read the book of the law. Now, they read the book of the law to all that could understand, to hear and understand. So the word of God has to be understood. When you don't understand the word of God, it's immediately taken from you. This is why you just cannot go in the word and just read it. You have to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to understand what I have just read. Holy Spirit, give me the spirit of wisdom. Give me revelation knowledge. Open my eyes so I can understand the law. Open my heart. Your eyes is your heart. I need to understand what I have read because you can read something and don't have no understanding and it's taken away from you. It's not helping you. It's not profiting you anything. Just like in the book of Acts when um, Philip went to the eunuch. He didn't understand what he was reading. He was reading the book of Isaiah. He was reading what Isaiah was saying, but he had no understanding. So when Philip came, he said, how can I understand it unless you bring it to me? I'm paraphrasing it. 
So Philip took and he expounded on the scripture. He gave him understanding. And after he finished, he asked Philip, what can I, he wanted to be baptized. He said, what's stopping us from baptizing me right here? Because Philip gave him so much understanding of the word of God. He wanted what he heard. Come on, have somebody given you the word to the point that you want what they're saying. That's how it's supposed to be. So his heart was open because he had some understanding. This is the first ground. Now when that seed, which is the word, let me explain the ground. The ground in this parables are your heart. Now the problem is that when they gave the seed, you know how when you plant, I was used to my grandfather planting, he never put seed on top of the ground. Now if seed fell on top of the ground, the birds came and ate that seed. Is that true? So no more seed, right? So these people, the first ground, these were unsaved people. It was taken away from them. But this is how God created things. I want y'all to follow this. Y'all know in the book of Genesis, go with me to the book of Genesis. Everything go back to the book of Genesis. Genesis 1, listen at this, verse 11 through 13. Then God said, let the earth produce plants, vegetation, some to make grain for seeds and others to make fruits with seeds in them. Every seed will produce more of its own kind of plant. Fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit according to its own kind, species that has seed in them. And it happened. The earth produced, brought forth plants with grain for seeds and trees that made fruit with seeds in them. Now look at this. When you take a seed, that seed, let's say you have um, watermelon seed. That seed has to go in the ground. But the only way that seed brings forth is because the earth was already created for it to do it. Check it out. That seed won't produce nothing, not unless it's in the earth. The earth is what brings forth watermelons. With no earth, watermelons wouldn't come. Y'all catch it because that's how God created things. He created the earth to bring forth every seed after its kind. So the earth is what brings forth. The earth is what helps that seed you put in the ground grow. Haven't y'all heard without the right um, soil, some things don't grow. Y'all got to catch God's creation. So don't think that you're just going to drop something somewhere and think it's going to grow. Because it's all based upon how God created it. So we see here that our heart is the ground. Get to the condition of your heart. This first ground here could not produce anything because the seed was taken. The enemy came and took just that quick. Before that seed got into the heart, he took it because they had no understanding. So it was taken. Let's look at the second ground. And it says, verse 20, going back to Matthew 13, verse 20. But he who receives the seed on stony places, this is the one, this is he who hears the word and immediately receive it with joy. Now, when we look at the stony places, y'all, stony places, rocks that are broken up in the earth. So what happens is when you have rocks, when you get ready to plant and the rocks are broken up in the earth and you plant, those seeds are falling amongst the rocks, right? 
So it's like I'm getting the word and you're happy that you're getting the word. Like on today, some people can be feeling the joy from the word, from what they're hearing. And they feel like, I got it. I got it. But it's in rocky land. That means the root is not deep. It's in rocky land. It's just growing up everywhere. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It's growing up everywhere. You throw seed amongst rock, you see something growing over here. You see something growing over there. You see something growing over there because you're just throwing it amongst the rocks. That's rocky ground. That means that that ground is a ground full of rocks. Now look what they said that happened dealing with that ground. It goes on to say with that ground, it said they hear it and receive it with joy immediately. Yet, has no root in himself but endures only for a while check this out i'm talking about people that say they accepted jesus only endure for a while why when persecution come and tribulation arises because of the word immediately they stumble they fall away this is what's happening when persecution come oppression when trouble come when tribulation come, when all of this stuff come and it gets to the point of overwhelming you because of the word, because of what you say you believe, guess what you end up doing? Falling away because of the word. Let's say you hanging around people and you say, you know, I just got saved and praise God. I just thank Jesus. And all of a sudden your friends are treating you different. They're persecuting you. You're being oppressed in in some areas. And it seemed like it's so difficult that I was better off before I was saved. You end up falling away. Because things ain't like you thought they were going to be. Some people think that when they get saved, everything is just going to disappear. The devil is a lie. What happens is it gets worse. I'm just going to be honest with you. It gets worse. You know you're going to miss hell. But the devil is turning up the heat just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, you ain't going to go out and party with us no more. I'm going to show you something. So they begin to talk about you. They begin to call you out of your name. Begin to call you a hoe. Begin to call you all these other names. And the persecution and the attacks come on your life. And all of a sudden you feel alone. You feel like you don't have nobody. And then you begin to call on them again. Because you can't take the attacks. Because the enemy is saying, speak the word now. Tell them how good God is now. You by yourself. Nobody don't want to be around you. Nobody ain't calling you no more. So you fall away. Come on, we got some falling away people in the church. We got some people that still coming to church but still doing the same thing that they used to do because they feel like they don't have no friends. They feel like nobody want to hang with me so this is my good friend, my bestie so I got to stick with them and i watch what I'm doing. You cannot hang amongst the world and say, Lord, Lord. You can't be a part of foolishness just because it's family. Somebody got to step back and step away and say, that's not the God that I serve. You bringing God in that foolishness. You telling God, come on, God, you can party with me. Come on, God, you, you, you can, we can do it for a little bit. I'll tell him something about you, God. It'll be, it ain't okay. You don't even allow people to do something for you that's outside of what you believe. Because you're taking God to the party. Say you didn't do it. 
And then telling people I'm a Christian to make you feel good because you're guilty. Therefore, in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in the spirit and not in the flesh. You don't take God to these little outings that you know ain't right. Come on, how can you say you love me and don't do the things that I asked of you to do? Come on, you say you love me. But if you love me, why are you not doing what I say? Come on, when you love somebody, I'll give you an example of my life. Some people say, you always talk about you. Yes, I do. Because I ain't ashamed. I ain't got nothing to be ashamed of. Because I know who I am now that I'm in Christ. Some people say some things you, you shouldn't tell. I tell it when the Holy Spirit have me to tell it. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So when you know you done something that ain't right and you truly love God with all of your heart, you're going to get it right, baby. Anytime in a marriage when you know you said something to your husband or your spouse and it's not right, you're going to get it right. Why? Because you love God just that much because you know God first loved you. So you're going to apologize even if they don't apologize. You're going to do what's right even though they don't do what's right. Why? Because what you're doing right will change them one day. You don't base your life on what they do or what they don't do. You base your life on what the word of God says. The reason why Christians are falling away is because they're saying, my husband won't go to church with me, so I'm going to stay home. My wife ain't acting right. She won't cook for me, so I can't come into church today, pastor. You're going to stop your fellowship because of that idol you serving. All right now. Because you made them an idol. So, well, I can't go to heaven today because my husband going to hell. <laughs> Leave me here, God. I'm going to go to hell with them. You come into the right place. I can't, I can't live like this. They ain't talking to me, so I got to do what they do so we can get along. Because it got to be peace in this house. You carrying peace. You carrying the prince of peace. Hmm. Falling away. This is why there's a falling away. Because the people you living with, the people you hanging with, their life looks so fabulous. It looks so good. They're partying. They're drinking martinis. They're hanging out on the beach. They're going to these nice events. I'm seeing them on Facebook. They're having a nice time. The only thing I'm doing, I'm in my word. Them people going to need what you're getting. So stay full of this word. So when they're falling away, when they're getting into some trouble, you can bring them truth that can bring them life. Facebook is a destroyer. It will destroy you even in your innocence. Yes, it will. It'll make you feel you ain't doing enough. It'll make you feel you need to do this, that, or the... Y'all say the third. Is that what it say? I had to help somebody. Maybe you'll catch on with the third. <laughs> I don't know some of them words, but that ring the third. This, that, other third. This, that, other third. Third what? 
slang. Or when you change and come on, I'm talking about falling away. I'm talking about this stony ground. Stony ground. Your heart is full of stones. You got things in your heart. And guess what? It's showing up now. Come on, it looked like it came up and it looked like you got joy and everything is good. But when persecution hit, when trouble hit, when oppression hit, you can't take it no more. So you begin to say, I'm just going to join them and, and leave it alone. Which heart are you? Which ground are you? So your heart begin to manifest itself. This is what I'm telling you. When things happen, your heart begin to manifest what's in it. Lord, I thank you for this word. Verse 22. Matthew 13, 22, just in case you didn't turn there. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and it become unfruitful. Now look what he was saying, among thorns. Thorns is seeds of thorns that are hidden. So when you got ground and that ground look like it's good and you just plant. But it's some thorns there because you didn't do nothing with that ground. This is what happens when we become born again. We ain't doing nothing with these past hurts. We ain't doing nothing with the things that we went through in our childhood. So we're saving you know, we're just going on about our business and we ain't using the word the way we need to dealing with these things because we're saying I'm missing hell. But all of a sudden, the thorns grow up and the word that you're getting is beginning to be choked because the cares of this world, the anxiety of life. Come on. Yeah. How many in this room have anxiety of life? If you say you don't, the devil is a lie. From the pulpit on down, we have anxieties dealing with life. There's always something that hits us. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? What's going on with them churn? Them churn always into something. What's going on with my husband? What's going on with my wife? What's going on with my body? What's going on? Everything seems like it's turned upside down. What's going on with my job? What's going on with my family? Why my family don't? Anxieties of life. Did I call out enough of them? Come on, all of us in this room have some anxieties of life. So when we begin to take that word and thinking that we're taking the word like we should, those thorns come up and choke it because we spent more time with the anxiety of life and we're wondering why we're not bringing forth fruit. Come on, let's talk about the riches, deceitfulness of riches, lusting after other things. Some of us say, I'm good. I got everything I need. Got food on my table, clothes on my back, shoes on my feet, got a car to drive. I got some gas, may not be full, but I got some. Got all of this, you know, my children doing good. Everybody's doing good. I'm happy. I'm good. I ain't got no anxiety. I'm content. I don't need anything. Some of you don't need anything because you can't get anything. That's why you're content. Because you don't wipe yourself out. That's why you're content. You can stay content when you can't get. But oh boy. The moment you can get, you ain't no longer content. 
Can I get a witness? Come on, y'all. It's the truth. You stay content when you can't get. But when things begin to shift and you can get a little bit of credit, get another card. Because before you couldn't get one. All of a sudden you got happy because they approved me for $300. Now you were content before. But now you're going to go get a card. Why are you getting a card if you can tent and it's only $300 and you probably got to pay $3,000 before you can pay it off? When the $300 is over and done with, now you're going to go back into contentment because you can't get. Now you're going to serve God. Help me, somebody. This is your heart. This is your heart. He said... You say things with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Come on, it's a lot of Christian folks confessing with your lips, but your heart is far from him. How do we know? Ask somebody for some money. See where your heart is. Ask them. Somebody's going to come up and lie. And you're going to find out you were a liar and didn't know it. It's a good thing. Because God is showing you your heart. He's showing you your heart. He's showing you where you are. We have a problem with money. The Bible says it ain't the money. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. People take money as an idol. We have to have money. Don't get me wrong. We have to have money to live, but we don't let money have us, y'all. We have to put our trust in him and not the money because money don't last. I don't know if I got any witnesses, but I know. Money don't last. And I want to say this. Money makes friends. Money makes friends. As long as a person is giving to you, I love you. When they cut you off, they hate you. That's the condition of your heart. That's a heart full of thorns. See, people use money as security. When somebody give out of funds, they look sick. Hello, somebody. They depressed. They oppressed. And they're looking at everybody. Let me give you an example. When I was on the job, and I always talk about my job. When I was on the job making money, and when I got demoted, when I was making the money, I was fine. Didn't look at what everybody else was doing because I was making money. Come on, somebody. When you got your own and you making money and it look good in your house, you ain't looking at everybody else's house. But when the money leaves your house, now you're over there in Apostle's house talking about what Apostle doing and what she shouldn't be doing and how she should be doing it. Your heart ain't right. We shouldn't be in everybody's house. Whatever they do in their house is their business. See, when you're in their lead, you ain't in their house. I'm talking about the heart. I'm talking about the heart. When you ain't got no money, you don't see them same friends. But when you get money, they come 
people hate you. Because they're wondering. Somebody lying. Somebody lying. Never have nothing. But how you get that? You ain't in the house. You don't know somebody gave it to them. You don't know. Your heart ain't right, people. We got to deal with our heart. The conditions of our heart is not right. We supposed to be joyful. When somebody in the kingdom advance. We supposed to give God glory. Lord, I thank you for their new house. I thank you for their new car. Instead of putting them down. Oh, they ain't going to have it for long. They just got it to lose it. That's all. That's all they did. They just got it to lose it. They ain't gonna, I give them a month. Christians. We speak in death. We waiting for them to lose it to say we were proper lying. We do it, Christians. Oh, thank you that I serve a mighty God. I serve a mighty God, y'all. Because Christians should understand when you lay down your life for Christ and you give up the way of the world, the way the world lives and what they do, when they see your lifestyle, They should be asking God, what do I need to do to get where they are? The word. The word will carry you as far as you want to go. But our problem is we're too busy looking at everybody else instead of looking at the word. We're supposed to be examples for one another. We're supposed to lift our brothers and sisters up, but it's the conditions of our hearts That's keeping us in this place. Some of us don't know we have a condition until somebody gets something you can't get. Jealousy coming out the heart. Envy coming out the heart. You don't even know you have it until somebody pop up and get something. You've been waiting on it for years. And you all up in their face. Oh, bless the Lord. Liar. God already know you. I know when people are sincere and I know when people hate me. You know why? Because I'm about my father's business. I know when people say, oh, bless Lord, I'm so glad. Quit lying. God already know you because God searches your heart to know you already talking about me behind the scenes. Come on now, pop-ups. That's what keep me praying for you. So I won't have bitterness in my heart over you talking about me. For real, y'all. I'm coming. I'm hitting it. I have to begin to pray instead of talk. And I don't pray. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord their soul to keep. No, I have to pray from the heart. Lord, they don't know what they did. They don't know what they said. But Lord, you know all things. Lord, I come against that jealousy. I come against that envy. And I lose your love in between us, God. The seed that the devil's trying to sow in their heart against me, God. I break the power of the enemy. I break the, that's the love of God flowing through me for whoever is coming against, you ain't coming against me or nobody else. You're coming against God because God is being glorified. Y'all better understand. You don't have to open up your mouth. God hears your heart and he began to tell the ones that's not in the flesh, but in the spirit, exactly what you saying. God knows your heart. This is a thorny heart. 
They ain't bringing forth nothing. Because the word is being choked by the anxieties of life. By the deceitfulness of riches. Y'all, we have to understand. Just because somebody else got don't mean you should get. Just because somebody else have don't mean you have to have it. See, God always make a way for us. In my, in my years of ministering and doing what God has called me to do, I could think about some things that I didn't have. But I wouldn't leave my word to try to figure out how to get them. Knock or come on my door. Everything I thought about. Ooh, my, my daddy loved me. It comes right to my house. Didn't tell nobody. Didn't, didn't have to. Didn't have to. Because God knew my heart. God knew the care that I had for his people to give up my life. My husband give up his life. Not that we're bragging or boasting, but God don't use everybody to do that. He has to use the ones with the heart of God. David had the heart of God, even though David messed up. David had the heart of God because he recognized his mess ups. And he said, God, I have not sinned. He said, I ain't worried about man. I have sinned against you. So David began to work it out. Do I mess up? Yes. But because of the heart that I have for God, I get it right. I don't lay down at night if I feel like there's some art between us. If I feel like something ain't right, I can't lay down because I'm troubled because the Holy Spirit is grieved. So I have to get up and make a call and say, hey, did I say something? Did I do something? See, I put it back on me. When your heart is right before God, ain't a born again person in here can lay down at night with a grudge. Because if you're truly born again, you're not even going to lay beside your mate ready to knock him out. You got to wake him up and say, let's come on, come on, come on. We can't lay down like this because we ain't promised tomorrow. So let me tell you what's on my heart. And you want to tell him before it take root. Because if it take root, you ain't going to say nothing else. But your actions are going to speak for what's there. You're going to be snobby. You're going to give them a half egg instead of a whole egg. You're going to give them no ice in their drink. You're going to give them scalding water. Come on, y'all better wake up. You're going to do little devious things. Because you're speaking from your heart, but you're doing hateful stuff. You're going to look at them one-eyed. You're going to half answer them. You hear me? Yeah. Why aren't you saying that? Do I always have to say something? Who, who am I talking to? Are we missing it? Are we missing it? I, I, I said good morning. Morning. Well, you didn't have to say it like well, I said it. Have a good day. Mm. How was your day? All right. You want to go out to eat? Mm. I'll take you to, um, I'll take you to, uh, I'll take you to, uh, what is it, Willie? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. 
I'll take you to Olive Garden. I don't want to go to Olive Garden. Oh, Lord, I'm dead now. See, it's coming from your heart. Your actions represent your heart. What you say out of your mouth represents your heart. Come on, men. Y'all know some of them actions. Women, y'all know some of those actions. So we got to know the conditions of our heart. And we do know the conditions of our heart when things begin to change. When they begin to shift on us. But God wants us to have that fourth ground. And that fourth ground is a good heart. And it says with that heart. Oh y'all God is so good. And I didn't only bring this for you. I have to check the condition of my heart on a daily basis. You know why? Because when you deal with a congregation. Full of people. That have different conditions. In their heart. You got to know how to deal with those people. And some of it is because they got a deep root, a stronghold on the inside of them due to their way of thinking. And they have not dealt with their way of thinking. And now they think they're right and you can't prove them wrong, giving them the word. So the last condition of the heart. But he who receives seed on the good ground. Is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. God want us to produce y'all. God is a loving God. We're supposed to be showing love. Love is not rude. Love is not boastful. Love don't seek his own. See, when we know all of these things and these things are coming out of us, we can say my heart ain't right. I got to get it right. It's not a bad thing. Women, just because our husband may do something that we don't like, it don't give us the right to treat them any kind of way. We have to communicate with them. We have to continually pray for them. We have to continually lift them up because it's not them. It's the spirit that's using them, vice versa, even with the wife. It's the same things, husbands. We don't just throw them away and let another woman come up in our face. Because that woman is acting right. Ain't acting like your wife. That's still your wife. Unto death do you part. In sickness and in health. And to better or for worse. This is with both of us. Man and woman. Just because they out of shape. Because that woman don't look like the woman you married. Well you don't look like the man either. Come on. Men have a problem. If a woman uh, gain a thigh, they too big. You gain a belly, what you? <laughs> Something's wrong with society. You're supposed to love one another. Whether gaining or losing, that's your husband, that's your wife. You're one. If she big, you big, because you're one. If he big, you big, because you're one. If he ain't got no money, you ain't got no money because you won because he used all of it. Your money is his money. His money is your money. You better think about that before you come together. Got different bank accounts. And can I have permission to go in your bank account? Can I have permission to go in your? No. 
But you can go in mind. Yeah, I'm the man. You better know Jesus. For real. Now, last thing. Our hearts are like this because they're not cultivated. Before you put anything in a ground, you got to turn over the soil. You got to cultivate it. You got to make sure there's nothing in that ground that would interrupt that seed from coming up. I'm saying cultivate. The Bible talks about that. Go to Jeremiah. Y'all, the Bible has everything. Jeremiah 4, 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, break up your fallow ground. I'm talking to y'all. Break up your fallow ground, your unplowed ground. And do not sow among thorns. See, we're not breaking up the fallow ground. We're just saying, I'm sorry. Did anybody know what sorry mean? What it mean? Not doing it again. Athea say sorry. <laughs> you, you know you had to hear from Athea, sorry. So when we say we're sorry, is that a godly sorrow? Or we just say it just to be saying it, but we don't mean it. We're saying it with our lips, but we don't mean it from our heart. When we have a godly sorrow, we're working on what we're sorry for. Let me say it again. If I tell somebody in this congregation I am sorry for what I said, I'm going to work on what I said that wasn't right so it won't pop up again. Anytime you tell somebody you're sorry for slapping them, you're going to work on not slapping them again and find the root of why you slapped them. You don't just slap nobody for no reason. There's a root of anger there. So you want to get before the Lord and you want to seek him. And you want to ask God, why did I slap my husband? I didn't slap my husband. But you got, come on y'all. I talked about there is a spirit of madness that come upon you. Men, when you see that, run for your lives. Some men know when that spirit come on women. Some men know, and they come home, and they open the door, they look at the wife, they shut the door, and they go the other way. Because they already know. And they be counting the days. One, two, three, four. Oh, it ain't that time. Oh, Lord. Who called my wife? (laughs) We have to deal with it, men. We have to deal with it, women. Quit blaming stuff on hormones. Because we got plenty of hormone right here. You know, we come up with excuses when we, I, I, I just ain't feeling up to par. What do I mean? You come at the wrong time, man. I ain't feeling up to par. Don't mess with me when I ain't feeling up to par. Everything come out of me. What's in you? It's, well, that's what was already there. So we got to break up that fallow ground and how we break it up is through the word because if we don't we sowing among thorns and it's going to come in and choke it this is why it's taking people a long time to be healed 
This is why it's taking the people a long time to come out of their financial situation. This is why it's taking people a long time to come out of depression and oppression because we're sowing amongst thorns and we ain't dealing with these areas in our life and some of it go back through our childhood. This is why you don't just get married because you think somebody filled a void in your life. You need to deal with these things in your life you haven't dealt with before you say I do. Then when you say I do and you dealt with them and they're coming back up, you know how to handle those things. A man cannot save you and a woman cannot save you. Second Chronicles 12, 1 Chronicles 12.1 is talking about Rehoboam. It said, and he did evil because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. Preparing your heart means to make it ready. Making it ready is setting your heart. That means I'm setting my heart not to do this. I'm setting my heart not to lie. I'm setting my heart not to be angry. I'm setting my heart not to be offended. I'm setting my heart not to go after riches. I'm set, whatever you set your heart on is what you are pursuing. That's what you made up your mind to do and not to do. That's how you set your heart. That's how you prepare your heart. I'm setting my heart not to be nasty minded. I'm setting my heart to be a loving person. How do I do it? With the word of God. That means I have made up my mind that I'm not going to let anger and offense and jealousy and envy and strife overtake me. I'm setting my heart. And you do it through the word of God. So Rehoboam didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. When you set in your heart, you're trusting God more than you're trusting anything else. You stand before the Lord and you saying, Lord, I need help with this anger. I can't deal with this anger. What keeps setting me off like this? What keeps making me offended the way I'm offended? What keeps me going after these women and these men? What keeps me from dealing with my children the way they need to be dealt with? What's keeping me from loving the way I need to love? God, what's keeping me from doing? He'll tell you. He'll let you know what you have buried that need to be dealt with. So, we have went over. Your heart got to be cultivated. You got to unplow that stuff that's been in your heart for years. This is what's grieving me, and I know it's grieving the Holy Spirit. We, some of us, are not in the word of God long enough to cultivate we get one scripture and don't even meditate on it we just get it and quote it and don't still don't know what it means not asking the Holy Spirit to reveal it to show it to us I'm telling you when you get revelation of the word you can live it when you have no revelation you have no knowledge you have no understanding you cannot live that word come on when you learn how to tie your shoe you can tie your shoe without even looking at your shoe It has become so much a part of you. Nobody have to tell you how to do nothing with that shoe no more. With anything that comes so much a part of you, it becomes natural. When you live in this word the way it needs to be lived, it becomes natural. You're not putting on a mask. You're not putting on something to make people just think you're saved. You're not coming to church and saying hallelujah and going home and putting on rap music. 
I'm going to say this. When your heart is for the Lord, you don't let nobody disrespect him in front of you either. No. You don't do this. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You cannot have two people living together. Now, you can have an unbeliever and a believer. But that unbeliever, he's going to make that believer feel like they ain't saved. And while you listening to Jesus, they're going to listen to junk. But when you go in your secret chamber and you begin to pray to God and you begin to cast out what's in your house, they'll wonder why the music don't play no more. What? So you got to understand who you are. You supposed to be the change in your house. And if both of you are cutting the food, I'll give you an example. When we raise our children, in my house, you're going to go by the God I serve in a loving way. Even if you're in your room. Now, you may put some headphones on and I can't hear it. But if you're in there, boop, 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 boop. Now, now, can I come in, please? You're going to have to turn that off. What you doing in my room? Ain't your room. You ain't paying no bills up in here. This is just your room while you're here. Now, one day you're going to get out of here. But as long as you're up in here, you ain't going to have all this foolishness playing in my house. And I'm going to tell you why. We cannot serve two masters. Now, I'm not going to be serving God and the devil's working in the background. So I got to get him out of here. Mama, you talking to me? I'm talking to that spirit. Now let's talk about that spirit that's trying to use you in a loving way. You do things in a loving way. Well, I'm in my room. I ain't hurting nobody. No, you bring in darkness. And where there's darkness, there is death. Y'all, we don't make friends with our children. We're their parents. This is why in the Bible, y'all check it. The Bible tells them, I want you to give them these commands. I'm going to say it morning, noon, and night. When they lie down, when they awake, and throughout the day, I want you to give them these commands. Why? They're training them up. So when they get older, they're going to have those commands. So when the enemy do come, even though they're not saved, it's not like they don't have what's right. Y'all get it? So they know him what's right, but it's up to them to choose what's right. But you don't want to give them death. Do you know when you're giving your children that ungodly music, you're killing them? Mm -hmm. You're killing them because that music got death in it. you telling your children it's all right to die. Because you're giving it to them. When you're giving them those games that's shooting, killing you tell them it's all right for you to do this because the, the devil used them at a young age. And the younger they are, the stronger they get in these things. You're used, letting the devil use you to kill your own kids. Because you say you want them to have what everybody else got. They got death, y'all. We don't want to give our children death. We want to feed them life. They may not like you. It's okay. Because the world hates hated Jesus the world gonna hate you and if your children are portraying the world they're gonna hate you for that but you doing what the Bible tells you to do you raising your children up in the right way if you don't start when they're young when they get older they're gonna try to kill you 
is some children that have killed their parents. Y'all didn't hear the case? The guy walked in there and killed his whole family. We got to understand we are in an evil world. Y'all, the stuff that you're getting in here is helping all of us prepare for what's out there. We got to know how to handle what's out there. And some people don't want to hear it. You talk too long. You, you, all this stuff that you're saying don't make no sense. That's because you're that first ground. The enemy took it from you because he wants you to stay in the same state that you're in. That's not the way it should be. So it's time to get our hearts right. And if God has spoken to you. Through any of these grounds today, it is time for you to say, God, here I am. I'm ready to open my heart unto you and for you to do what need to be done in my life. Here I am today. So ask yourself, what is the condition of my heart? Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. If there's somebody in here today that does not. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.